the weekly, weekly feed. Every bolt of rivet steel, each cornerstone and ankle, Jenga juts and rusted water tower, pillar post inside. So before I start making assumptions and presumptions about this record, uh, I thought I would open the floor to you to begin with, because there's already been a lot mm-hmm. of things said about the record. Uh, what would you say is the most important thing that we need to know about this record? The most important thing? I don't know. I guess to suppose that the six of us all enjoyed making it a great deal, and when uh, um, we all love the songs, it's been... Uh, we changed the process of working this time around. We worked in different combinations of band members and also individually on the music, which we haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally, it's been all five of us in the room all the time. Um, but this time we, we organised it so we had a different day off. We had a year from touring, um, which I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn and New York, and Pete went to Thailand, and yeah, we all did our own thing a little bit, and we'd worked uh, for the first part of the year, we worked remotely from one another, and um, and then when we got back together, as I say, we had different days off. So I know it always ends up sounding like an elbow record, but there's a fresh aspect to it for us, um, and perhaps a bit more investment of pride in individual songs uh, from different members of the band. Yeah, and, and I guess it's important that it sounds like an elbow record, although I feel like when you get to a certain point in a band, after you've been together for as long as Elbow has been together, that you know, for some artists, you know, having a album number whatever can mean something. Like you have to prove yourself, or, or for mm. other bands, it can just mean let's you know let's just go in there and knock out another record. Uh, which, which doesn't yeah. it doesn't really seem like that for you guys this time. That you're just you know um, playing the game at this point just to keep getting the paycheck. I mean that doesn't come across in Elbow. No, if you were going to do anything for money in this day and age, you certainly wouldn't join a band. I mean we're comfortable and. <laughs> And uh, that's down to sort of the team we have around us. We have a, an excellent manager that's been with us for many years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've got great crew around us. And so, it's yeah, it's a way of life. It's fun. And we make sure that everybody has fun at every junction, as well as uh, takes great pride in the end product and, and takes great pride in the gigs that we do and things like that. Yeah. So it's a happy little crew. And therefore, um, we take a lot of uh, care over the music. And... Um, you know, we did it for years without getting paid, and I think we'd still be doing it now without getting paid if Fortune had uh, favoured us differently. But um, uh, so yeah, I hope it sounds that way. <laughs> it does. Now, now, as the lead man, of course, there's always the magnifying glass on you. Uh, for us mm-hmm. fans, for uh, for critics alike, um, you know, it's it, I don't know if it's how the music sits with us, uh, how the music sits with us as listeners versus how the music sits with you, the artist. But it always comes around to the story and what the lyrics, you know, kind of let us in on the life of the artist. Uh, this record, uh, for better or worse, is timestamped with the end of your relationship. And it seems like that's yes. how people want to see it, because more or less we like a good car crash. <laughs> we all look for something oh, to relate. Yes. You know, we all look for something to relate to. And does that bother you that, you know, it wasn't about that as the record started, but now as the press gets a hold of it, it does become something about that? Um, well, I, I have always found that I can't really invest myself in somebody's music unless I feel they've invested in it themselves. It, you know, not that it has to cost them dearly, but I, I like to know the stories I'm being told have some elements of truth and experience in them. Um, and also, there's it's a real gift to be able to write about not necessarily positive experiences in your life, 
um, and turn them into something productive that might help or touch somebody else and that you might enjoy performing. Um, that, that's one of the that's one of the nicest parts about being in a band, I think, mm-hmm. and, and about using my experiences in the lyrics. Um, the reason the album's called The Takeoff and Landing of Everything is because, it's, it's, first of all, it's a personal message to my ex, Emma Jane Unsworth, the novelist. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a fact that since she was five years old, um, uh, whenever she's been on an aeroplane that's taking off or landing, she's said a prayer to the spirit of the earth and the air. Mm-hmm. Now, this tells you what a sort of precociously clever little girl she was. But she admitted to me that as an adult, she still does it out of a kind of superstition. Sure. Uh, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, and also very cute. Right. Also, it refers to, obviously, the transatlantic travel that I was doing during the making of the record, popping mm-hmm. over to New York for weeks and months at a time. Um, and at the same time as that, it's about I want, wanting to celebrate the end of my relationship with Emma as much as I want to celebrate the time I spent with her. Neither of us has any regrets. Neither of us regrets a second. Um, nobody um, cheated on anybody, you know. It was uh, it was just the right time for it to end. So I, I, I suppose I wanted to draw attention to the fact that the end of a relationship doesn't necessarily mean a car crash. doesn't necessarily mean that one party is injured and the other party is guilty. Um, we kept it together for a long time and we, we both grew a lot as people. Uh, and in our careers as well in one another's company and we're very very good friends now so yes it's um, it was I was actually very pleased at the timing at the end of the relationship because I hadn't yet finished the album and hadn't really known clearly what I was writing about until it came to its its end and then I realised that a lot of the songs were uh, about struggling to hold it together for one another's sake which is a beautiful way to do it. With a writer, it would seem to me that, and, and maybe it is or it isn't, but it would seem to me that it um, is very scary going into an album when you're looking for the first words. Like, what's the yeah, first words? Me, yeah. yeah, right. And, and, how, and is it because the relationship, I mean, the, uh, the record was started before the end of the relationship. How did you go about looking for the first words? You know, I sat in my room with Mark, on a guitar. That was the first way we ever wrote together, was me and Mark sat in a place working together. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bye-bye. Sorry, just saying goodbye. You're fine. Um, I, 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 I you. Um, yeah, we sat in my attic with a guitar, um, and he started playing a chord, which I think Craig had actually written the chord, but Mark started playing it on guitar. And it was the first words you hear on the record, This Blue World and Accountant Sisters. <laughs> and the song unfolded. I didn't have the final lyrics until... I'd finished the rest of the album almost. Um, So that one song actually sums up the whole period of the writing. It it sums up the beginning of a love affair, um, the intensity of it, and and its end, and it looks to the future as well. Um, So, yeah, it was all summed up in this blue world over a period of of the entire record. Yeah. I mean, luckily the words just arrive. I I get afraid I'm never going to have another question to ask, and then... Luckily, you know, <laughs> the question arrives, so I can... Uh, this is it. <laughs> ...relate in that way. I think, I think a lot of the time you just got to start. Yeah. You just got to throw something down. And quite often, you know, if I'm not writing to, to a piece of music, I'll just I'll scribble nonsense until a coupling of words suggests an idea. Yeah, and that helps. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know the. Uh, it seems like the other part of this is that um, is, is the age part. You know, you hit 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, had a, I do on Thursday. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. You've made it. Thank you. Thanks very much, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Uh, I was talking with another artist recently, uh, Joseph Arthur, and he was talking about how uh, I, I asked him the question. Um, you, wh- I'm 32, so I've still got most mm-hmm. of my 30s ahead of me, and, and what should I learn about my 30s? And he says, uh, you know, um, that's actually the time when he says we really go crazy. Uh, the 20s we go wild, <laughs> but the 30s we go crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 as, as your 30s progress, I think you'll find you'll give less of, less of a fuck about what people think. Right. And uh, by the time you hit 40, I think you pretty much know who you are for the rest of your days. Yeah. That also means you're, you're setting your routines and hard to change when you do find that mate, right? Well, I don't know. Traditionally, men in particular have a freak out around their 40s, don't they? And make some huge changes in their life. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, I don't see why I should be exempt just because I have a job I love. Are you going to go buy a Ferrari on Thursday? <laughs> a motorcycle, yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be that'll be a good moment for you. I can't wait till your uh, your your Rod Stewart era where you're doing. Uh, Do you think I'm sexy? You know, for the uh, the next <laughs> album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I love Elbow's music. Uh, I tend to think uh, it's it's uh, it's challenging, a bit more challenging than. Uh, maybe some people, uh, like record labels, would like it to be. <laughs> uh, it, it, um, it feels like smart well, people music, though, you know, and, and I don't mean that in a, a pretentious sort of way, but, it, you know, it, mm-hmm. isn't, it, it, it doesn't ever go for the lowest common denominator, you know. No, it's tempting, you know, and there's an awful lot of song, songs that have started that we know would do a lot of business for us, but if you can't genuinely put your heart and soul into performing them, then you might as well, be having, you might as well have a job you hate. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, uh, yeah, there's nothing worse than emoting a song that you don't feel anymore. It's a real challenge. And, uh, yeah, for that reason, we don't write them. Yeah. Is it um, maybe a part of that that you're not bigger in America yet? Because as one of my favorite bands, I wish you were much bigger over here. And is that I'll even... Say, yeah, is that even, like, a, an issue with you? Is, it, is that even a goal? Like, man, we, we haven't became near as big in America as we have in, in, in Europe. Yeah, it's always nice when more people want to hear your music, but um, it hasn't been so much of a concern that uh, I'd separate the lads from their families mm-hmm. in order to do that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to go out for two, three months at a time. We love the States, you know, I, I particularly love the States, um, but we're not willing to spend months and months and months there touring. Yeah. Um, because you have to think of quality of life, you know. Suddenly, your thirties are gone and your kids are grown up, and it's like uh, um, the best that could happen is uh, some kind of soundtrack opportunity, or sure. or um, you know, if, or if the film was, or if our music was used in a in a Coen Brothers film or something <laughs> like that. You know, we've got so close. We've been in a Coen Brothers trailer. Oh, really? But, uh, never in a Coen Brothers movie, yeah. yeah. Um, bit of a dream of ours. <laughs> hopefully, so hopefully they're listening, and they'll, they'll take care of that for you. They'll, they'll make that dream come no, true. Great. Yeah, I would hope so. That'd be great. And I don't think it's too late. I, I, I kind of liking you all to uh, the national in a sort of way, um, in your career trajectory. Yeah, boys. Yeah, the kind of way both mm. of your careers have done. Uh, not, you know, not including the sound itself. I mean, they broke much, much later on as well, uh, after a lot yeah. of years at it. Um, I think I can I can feel the similarities in what they do as well. Yeah. Um, Matt is definitely coming from a uh, from a lyrical angle, but the music is hypnotic and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. really, really well crafted. 
And um, have you heard me making all these comparisons? Now, now you've told us that we're like the national. I'm just like bigging them up hugely, aren't I? <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I once interviewed Matt about his song uh, Green Gloves, oh, yeah. uh, and he gave such a, a touching and eloquent explanation of the song. Um, and yeah, I, you, you can tell with him that his stuff's from a real place. You yeah. can tell that it's from experience and, and he writes a lot of love songs to his friends which I do as well so there's comparisons there yeah He's, they're all a bit too good looking for my liking of course <laughs> I mean it's a dream tour for me I'd love to see the two of you all play yeah, well me too and I, I think uh, one it would be uh, a drunken debauchery between the two of you all mm-hmm. or at least I would I hope it is yeah. I mean that's that's a the, very important part of the whole process that's, yeah. a, that's rock legend right there and we need legend to keep rock alive so <laughs> it's up to you. Do they do they have a do they have a, a, a reputation for being big drinkers? Then they do. They especially Matt. Uh, I think he can uh, finish a couple bottles of wine from the beginning of the show, but before the end of it. So and he's proud no, of it too. What, that, that'll be what gives him that lovely smoky brogue, then, won't it? Maybe I should try that out. <laughs> you know, I say this coming from uh, we're, we're based in Kentucky, so bourbon is a very important thing to us around here. Uh, so ah, yes, of course. I, I say that as a fan too. Uh, you, you just mentioned, uh, you know, interviewing Matt. You you are a DJ. Um, that mm-hmm. that makes you a tastemaker in a way. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> I suppose so. <laughs> Whether you want to be labeled that or not. When you're like that, though, um, it it you know you're you're introduced to new music all the time. You get to see mm-hmm. how much of it is worthless and recycled and horrible. Yeah, and, and you get to find the gems that are really worth championing and celebrating. Does that affect sure. when you're writing? That do you ever see that as a pedestal that you you, you have to live up to when you find those that you're like, M- my lord, other people are, are so mind blowing. If I don't do that, what am I doing? Does does that ever happen with you? Of course, anything anything inspiring can you know should challenge you and should make you want to be better at what you do. I mean, what I find is like since I was a kid, if I see a good film, I want to be a director or an actor. Um, if I read a good book, I want to write one. Um, so yeah, listening to, uh, I actually think in terms of quality, there's never been a better time for music. I would say that there's a sort of sad, sad side to that as well. It's great that more people are listening to music on their phones, etc. There's more people walking around with music in their ears all the time. But um, it's a shame that production values are suffering with uh, large investment not really being there for young bands anymore. Um, so. Um, albums that could be absolutely amazing, timeless classics, don't get that far because they end up being recorded on a budget. Mm-hmm. And it's th- that, that's, that's the downside to it. But in terms of being able to market your music yourself from your bedroom, um, you're getting so much more direct and honest music coming through in, in all genres, in, in pop as well as uh, rock and, and, and right across the board, electronica. And the, the genres are accelerating and they're mixing more. And I think it's a really, really exciting time to uh, to, to be an emerging artist. And they're getting younger and younger and, 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 you know, just amazing. So it's really great. It's not just the new music that I have a handle on because of my, my program on Six Music. It's, uh, it's also, I ask for listener recommendations and I stress recommendations rather than requests. Mm-hmm. because I want people to educate me. Uh, and I say, try and base the music that you send me on stuff that's played already, but also open me to new genres, and play me stuff that you don't think I've heard, either because it's from a different era or a different country. Uh, and basically, through the listener recommendations, twinned with the new music that I'm fed every week, 
my record collection has tripled over the last seven years. Yeah. Uh, and, and I find stuff in there that I, I know different members of the band will love, and I feed it to them because I think any man with a family approaching 40 will have less time to go and look for his new music. Right. So it's a real privilege to be able to still be that kid who says, hey, have you heard this? Uh, with, with my old friends and of course it informs the way that we write music as well yeah I actually find that a really sad thing about a lot of people who grow up because they uh, they hit the high points of their, their musical uh, awakening at whatever age mm. you know sometimes the teenage age sometimes the 20s and, and that's it they stop they, they, they don't care yeah. about it as much anymore uh, uh, well this is why I think curated radio is so important mm-hmm. I, I used to consider that I fell in and out of love with music in, in as a whole Uh but it wasn't. I just found out of love with my collection from time to time. And since I've been doing the program and I'm being spoon-fed like, amazing music on a weekly basis, um, I'm now just very sad that I'm not going to hear all the great music ever made. You know, <laughs> not enough hours in the day. Right. Uh, it's, it's like not the, the most horrible problem to have. I mean, <laughs> being open to no, all of this it. music. Yeah. Oh, and tell me about it, man. I've got my two dream jobs. It's really, really quite unfair. Yeah, that's a life. Uh, I'll wrap up. I read something on Twitter that uh, I put a big smile on my face uh, about you talking like, uh, I don't know if you were actually serious, literally serious, but uh, every two years you like to watch The West Wing from beginning to end. Yeah, I do. I absolutely adore it. Yeah. I mean, it can it can get a little too patriotic at times, and, you know, the you God think? Bless America stuff can, yeah. can, can make me sort of shudder a little bit. But in terms of the dialogue and the acting, and uh, I, I was um, I was absolutely blown away to get a, a personal tweet from Richard Schiff, who's oh my favourite actor in the programme. Oh my! Hey, did you see Yoko Ono's tweet to the band? Yeah, I did. I saw that one too. That was nice. It, isn't that nice? I was so <laughs> moved by that. It was a really incredible thing. Um, I don't know why I didn't cross my mind that she would get in touch if the song sort of went out there. Yeah. But um, I'm really glad my evaluation of the situation was correct <laughs> as well. And what what a lovely thing for her to do. I, I was really blown away by that. Yeah, uh, to to have anybody of that stature paying attention and uh, and celebrating you. Uh, but... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it, you know, off the back of a hastily scribbled diary entry when I was in Manhattan this time last year, and you know, this is another example of my life sort of bearing fruit I didn't expect, and I'm absolutely blown away. Yeah. Well, Guy, it's been great to catch up with you. And again, the takeoff and landing of everything is uh, beautiful and epic as everything I hope the Elbow record would be. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to do the record and uh, taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you very much for the support. Yep, and uh, great luck in your year. Cheers, man. Take care. Oh, clear, good Lord, did well to be ignored. Your falling temperature like... The Weekly Feed.